Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. And that's Lola. Don't forget, in this episode, I might swear, Lucy might cry, and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Labelled Podcast. My name is Lucy, and I'm here with my friend Alice. Hello, Alice. Hello, Lucy. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. It's very nice to see you. Uh, I've not really spoken to you much over the last week or so, and on Wednesday, it felt like my left arm had been removed and i was like there's no message i just want to say hello and you were like hi <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got a message from lucy being like are you free for a chat and i was like oh, i'm actually quite busy this weekend lucy we've got the in-laws up I was fine, like, is there any, fine it's fine is there what's going on is everything okay is there anything rushed like i'm fine i just miss you <laughs> it's pathetic really isn't it <laughs> <laughs> little bit, little bit pathetic. Never mind. Uh, but yes, it's very nice to see you. Yes, yes, it is always nice to see you, Lucy. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you to say so. I had to get up early, but I was like, I'm gonna get up, and make myself look a little bit presentable. Uh, but well, I think we managed it. I was gonna say you put a bit more effort in than I have. <laughs> I uh, literally like washed my face, dragged a brush through my hair. I'm dressed, but I'm not presentable for the outside world <laughs> no this is we... why we work with audio ladies yeah, and gentlemen we were literally just saying before we started recording it's like anybody ever comes to us and it's like hey youtube podcast no no uh-uh. Uh-uh. no <laughs> not unless not. you're paying for a makeup artist and good lighting <laughs> <laughs> thank you yes that's absolutely. in my rider <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh we have got a guest with us this week as we, have. we so often do mm-hmm. um we've been trying to get rebecca on the show for a while because we've had some bits and pieces of uh issues with booking um so we're very pleased to have rebecca with us uh today um rebecca do you want to introduce yourself and tell our audience a little bit about who you are and, and what you're doing mm-hmm. yeah so um hello everybody i'm rebecca um I'm a disabled woman and an angry PhD student as well, but those two things um, do actually intersect. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, I, I think I think there's a lot of angry female PhD students in yeah. the world. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a solid uh, sort I of think, intersection of, of I think identity. just university in general yeah. made me very angry. So, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, like doing my whole PhD out of spite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, I think it was it was it was interacting with um academics and supervisors that that caused me the anger it was the phd bit was um the actual like i enjoyed the research it was all the people around me that made me want to go on a murder spree <laughs> whereas i hang ha- held on for grim death just purely out of spite because i'm like <laughs> i'm not letting you grind me down and uh yeah crying a lot of the time but yeah there was, there. There was a- 
Yeah, on, on the on the induction day, they never mention the crying, do they? No. Everyone seems to do it. <laughs> Hell of a lot of crying. Yeah, they feel like they should include some Kleenex in the uh, induction packet. Yeah. You're going to need these. <laughs> Rebecca, uh, what yeah. is your um, research all about? Yeah, so my research looks at um, personal independence payment, disability benefit, hence the banker. <laughs> um, so I interviewed uh, 14 people uh, during, it'll be, oh God, it feels like ages ago, during the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, it turned out, it ended up being um, online. So yeah, I interviewed people from the, about what, what happened to them from start to finish and mm -hmm. like the impact on them. Um, so I've got lots of nice, lovely, grim stories for today's podcast. <laughs> lovely, lovely. <laughs> yeah, I um, in a in a past life worked in benefits tribunals um, and did a lot of work on PIP tribunals. Um, and I mean, the thing that I would always say to people um, when I worked in it was like, if if the DWP have told you you can't have PIP, like, don't worry about it because the DWP want to not give you pit. Yeah. Like, oh, go, exactly. go to the tribunal and let an impartial judge make a decision. Because if you deserve it, a judge is damn sight more likely to give it to you than the fucking DWP. Well, the so. DWP in general are a bit like that. I've I've currently, well, I've recently had an episode where they just stopped my access to work without telling me it was coming to an end so i had to like put in the claim again uh which God. which was unnecessary stress because we complained they fast-tracked it through but i could have been waiting up to 20 weeks to get it sorted which you don't it's not when you're at work when you're go where as you're traveling to work for a meeting in the middle of peterborough um and they say, oh, yeah, we can't process your claims because you, your funding's run out. And you're like, no, what? Nobody told nobody told yeah. me. And also, I'm not so stupid idiot. We would have been on that way before. Their processes mm. are so... They set you up to fail. Yes. Like, yeah. I, I can remember when I was... Um, I changed my work hours. And so I had to increase my support hours. Mm -hmm. um, and wrote to them to let them know. And they emailed me back and were like, um, we just need you to speak to a person about this. We will be ringing you at this time on this day. Fail to take this, a failure to take this call will result in your claim being uh, rejected. And I literally had to email them back and was like, I am giving a presentation to 50 people like yeah. at this point yeah. i cannot take this phone call yeah. oh like, we've got no but we haven't got lives alice we've not got lives no, at all did you not know we're, we're just supposed to just exist in a vacuum like we, yeah we, we watching this morning <laughs> yeah. just sit and wait for the dwp to like it's just it's like i get it i understand when you're a huge organization and you need to try and fit in lots of people throughout your day mm -hmm. but an email to say that says can I call you on? Can can we arrange for someone to call you? Versus a, if you do not accept this call, we will reject your claim. It's, yes. They, they just... <laughs> I, um, I got my job, my current job, uh, just in the midst of, well, just before my uh, nana passed away. Three, four years ago now. So whilst all my nana's funeral is happening... And we're trying to organise everything. Um, I'm also trying to talk, sort out my access to work 
with the DWP. Um, So it was all fine, and we were putting all together the evidence and everything like that. And the I said to 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 the gentleman, that's one word for him, um, who was organising it all. uh, My my grandmother has passed away. Can you please give me an extension for this, so that you know, we can get everything sorted and, and I'm in the right headspace for it. Yes, that's fine, no problem. The day of my grandmother's funeral, uh, my phone's on silent and I get back to our house for the wake and I check my phone and it's the DWP. Who'd then, because uh, I, I'd missed it, they'd then sent me an email to say, because we've not had your, had your evidence through, uh, we're disregarding this claim and you'll have to start again. I then just burst into tears and uh, my mum had to ring the next day and say what do you think you're doing like this is we spoke to this person it's in an email thread where he said you could have an she was like we're we're so sorry of course I think this is the thing is that that there there are human beings behind these processes but the processes are really set up to be aggressively and strict um, as restrict. well. Yeah, they're and they get well. no it's, wriggle room. Yeah, and it's at the point where like you ring up, and like before when they were playing the Vivaldi music, and I was like, "That's going to haunt me in my dreams forever." Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you get on the phone, and there's this really nice person, and I'm like, "Hang on, this doesn't feel right." You're supposed you to really make me, like I don't know whether you know. <laughs> yeah. um, Can I trust you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and kind of I know some it's something my participants mentioned a lot like oh yeah my assessor was really nice but then I got like 10 points from ability so I was going to get my car taken yeah. from it or like yeah. I was trying to fill out the form and I was crying over it like and then I rang them yeah. for, for more time and they were really cool about it, it was, but it feels it's, almost uh, jarring I think it, yeah. yeah I got when I had to reapply for PIP um a couple of years ago um so because of my eye condition like my eyes are only going to get worse. Like I'm going to have less sight. And um, they, they, they said it's, you know, reapplication time. And I applied and they gave me mobility points, but they didn't, literally didn't give me anything for daily living. And I was like, but I, I need someone to like prep my food for me because otherwise God. I cut my fingers off. I need someone to tell me if my clothes are clean. I, I, I can't read without a, reader like <laughs> like what's going what is going on here like a dog I, has to help me cross the road <laughs> i can't i can't interact like if i interact with people in the street i i'm have to go entirely on like the kindness of others because i yeah. can't see facial expressions no. of people mm. unless i know them well enough to like recognize to sort of recognize their face and stuff like that it's 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 a whole thing and um I remember, I ha- remember having my assessment on the phone um, with this nurse who told me her background was in something ridiculous, like, like fucking neurology or like respiratory issues. And I was like, what do you know about being blind? Mm. Like, at least get me a fucking, like, you know, a fella who works at Specsavers is going to have a better, <laughs> like, insight than you. Boots the optician. Yeah, and then and and but so and then when I I complained about it, I I spoke to someone on the phone and I sent them as uh, like I said they said have you got any more evidence? I was like what more evidence than the fact that I can't see, um, 
And, you know, I mean, I sent pictures of the back of my eyes to be like, hey, these are all the bits that don't work. Did um, you have to highlight, like, draw a little, like, circle, yeah, you, like, this bit, sure this bit the there? So the back, the photos of the back of my eyes, literally, because of my eye condition, there's no blood flow to the bits that don't work. No. So there are dark patches in the back, like, of the pictures of the back of my eyes. So you can see it. It's like, um, it's like if you pour, like, oil or paint into water and it sort of goes out and splotches. It bubbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what the back of my eye looks like. Um, someone described it once as looking like um, a pepperoni pizza. No, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, that's that's one for Instagram. <laughs> I know. So I said I I ended up sending them my access to work um, support agreement, which at the time said like this: she needs eighteen hours of support one to one with her to be able to do her job. And I was like, how do you, on the one hand, DWP, be giving me eighteen hours of support a week to be able to do my job because I cannot interact with people without someone to support me? And then on the other hand, at Pip, they're like, no, 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 you can make your own dinner. Yeah. And it, <laughs> when I had, when I, because I've only had one assessment for Pip because it, like, because it was like, eventually you'll all get Pip. So I've only I'm had now, one. I'm now on the, like, what do they call it? A light touch 10 year review. Oh, because, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They, yeah. They, 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 they had to bring them. They used to, when it was DLA, you used yeah. to get a lifetime get award. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because they recognised that some some of us are not going to get better in heavy right. quotes. Yeah, it's like um, I've had participants who got the lifetime award, and then they get get their letter through. Um, the guy who I interviewed described it as the letter of doom. He got the letter through for Pip, and he he said to his MP, he was like, "I'm not going to get mobility. I feel like they're going to just knock me off it, and then I won't get to keep my car." And the MP was like, surely not. So the MP went with him to his assessment. And the MP but... went with him? Yeah, yeah, which I was amazed by. A Tory MP as well. I was like, oh Jesus my God. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um... Took some time off from hunting and, <laughs> right? uh, and beating peasants to go and sit on a pit. Yeah, assessment. he actually wow. went, went with a disabled person to his assessment. He was like, yeah, I think that went really well. I don't see a problem. And then the guy just went, I'm definitely not going to get that ability. Lo and behold, he didn't get the mobility. He was going to have his car taken off him, mm. which was, he said, like, was the linchpin to his independence. Yeah, of course. And then the MP was just, like, flabbergasted. Like, oh, well, you know, this isn't um, saying something like, oh, well, but but it's not supposed to be for people like you who that affects. And he was like, but who do you, who is it supposed to affect then? Because it affects everyone. Mm. Course it does. Like the change that assessment affects everybody. And he said he said he said to his MP, I'm not being funny or anything, you voted for this. So like what yeah. what did you think would happen? What who did he think that it would it's not supposed to be for people like you? I've, Who's I've it heard, supposed to be I've heard, for? Yeah, well this is the thing. I've heard this from a few people, including in my own interactions where I say what my research is about. And people go, Oh well, you know what it is? The people who need this welfare don't get it and the people who who do get it are all frauds and cheats and and i'm like but i get it but they're like oh yeah. no i don't mean you it's like this like catch-all thing where they go yeah but yeah, i don't yeah. mean you though like you're a good sale person you're fine like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's for um, all those people in chronic pain who can't prove it because yeah you can't... why fibro so like yeah i know i've gone to assessments i'm screwed like <laughs> yeah 
And they're wincing, like, to make a point yeah. that I'm hurting, because otherwise I wouldn't... Because <laughs> apparently yeah. that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to walk around with uh, all the time to, to prove that I hurt. Like. I, um... Well, so when I had my first assessment, I was like, oh, God, here we go. And also, because my... So the level of how much help I need, I mean, there is always a basic level, and it's quite a substantial level of help that I need anyway. But on the days where my pain is really quite severe and when I've exhausted myself the day before because I've overdone it because I feel really good today and then like knackered myself up <laughs> um which happens very often um I need a, you know extra bit of help to like hold cups and cut my food up and stuff because I, I haven't got the physical strength in my hands to use my knife and fork so bearing that in mind you have to kind of like wait you have to kind of when you go to these assessments you feel like you have to play up as if it's your yeah bad yeah. day on a bad and day it's funny as you were as you were talking i was literally thinking like this culture of mm -hmm. doing that that kind of having to really be like this is this is like justify yourself this is a bad day yeah. is even in this conversation that we're having you and I have both sat here and been like you know it's not every day but on a bad day I have to do I need mm. someone to help me on with. a bad day it's bloody awful yeah um and uh, so and I I even went to the to the same extent of like washing w washing my body but not washing my hair oh so my, it looked I, like I, did I that. couldn't I couldn't manage I, I not too. putting my makeup on my face because I couldn't manage like not having my nails yeah. painted because I couldn't manage which in reality like I like <laughs> you know we have just said that we we don't like putting our faces on for podcasting because it's audio um but you know it makes me feel better when I've got you know makeup on and I look pretty half decent so not putting my makeup on and washing my hair and dyeing my hair and all that kind of stuff it was the one way I could show that actually on, on days there are days where I feel horrendous and it's awful. it's the it's the question the the beginning of the assessment where it says um tell us about a good day and it's like well for me a good day I'm still going to trip over stuff I'm still yeah. going to walk into stuff I'm still going to drop stuff and not be able to find it I'm still going to not be able to see stuff I'm still going to have to stop what I'm doing for mm -hmm. like four seconds every 20 to 25 minutes because i'm get such severe flashing lights that i cannot see no like i, I can't focus or concentrate on a bad day for me if i get an, like a, a migraine because i've got eye strain a bad day is literally i am in bed i can take myself to the toilet and my husband will make me dinner but otherwise like and i can't even like i can't we on on a bad day i have to have dinner i can literally eat with my hands like i'll have a sandwich yeah. because i can pick it up and put it in my face because i cannot see my food to you be able to steer anything into your exactly. mouth yeah exactly and it's like you're you're sitting there and asking me about what a good day is like there's still a bunch of shit that happens on a good day yeah. you're not taking into account that on a bad day i literally can't do fucking anything i no. think it's one of those things that i think sometimes um when you're talking to assessors and stuff they don't realise that, like, your good day isn't what is considered, like, normal for an able-bodied, non-disabled person. Oh, yeah. Mm. I so, am like, in... yeah. me getting up, like, two hours before I have to be anywhere isn't normal. But for no. me, that's my normal. That's me on a good day where I can shower mm. and 
get myself mm. sorted for go- and actually going to uni. I call it disability time tax because yeah. it's like when I, I can't just jump in a shower. My shower takes me a good twenty five minutes to get it to transfer into my shower chair to do. Mm. Yank the shower. I mean, even this morning, I was in the shower and I'm trying to pull the shower curtain back and it wouldn't move. And I'm pulling and pulling and pulling it. I was like, Will you just fucking move like this? And it moved. And so it's clear, it's clear to me that swearing works. Um, but it's like stuff that only would take an able bodied person seconds. Getting out mm-hmm. of bed in the middle of the night for a wee takes me half an hour. It would take an able bodied person. Two minutes, probably, if that. I have conversations with people probably once a week where people will talk about, like, work people will be like, oh, what are you guys having for dinner? And they, you know, these, I work because I work in sort of social care, the majority of people I work with are women. Mm. Um, And they'll all be like, oh, well, I've got to go home and get the kids and do all of this and make dinner and I'm making this. And they'll look at me and I'll be like, my husband does all the cooking. And I always say, oh, because David's a much better cook than I am. But also because if David is making a sandwich, he can make a sandwich in a minute and a half. If I want to make myself a sandwich, it takes me fucking 10 minutes, like just to get to some bread. And it's because, and he sort of say to people, think think about like, so if, if I have to make a sandwich for 10 minutes on my lunch break, everybody else gets 27 and a half minutes lunch break after they've made their sandwich i get 20 minutes after i've made my sandwich exactly. and i then need to sit down and it takes me longer to walk through my house because i have to be careful not to fall down and even when i do like not fall down i walk into door frames and stuff mm. it's just like just you've got no concept of actually what a day in my life is like yeah. and if 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 they if they could walk like a day in your shoes it makes you wonder what other people would think i I think if the assessors could if somebody could invent a thing whereby an assessor gets to live in your shoes for 24 hours the dwp would be fucking throwing money at you because they'd just be like this is ridiculous (laughs) how did you have all of the money i'd love to (laughs) and a house in barbados yeah I'd love to just, I always think this, like, when people, especially at uni, because uni, uni is a very competitive place, right? So yeah. it's almost like competition of who's the most tired, and I'm like, trust me, no one is more tired than me. <laughs> don't care if you have children, don't care if you're doing this, no one is more tired than me in this situation, because yes. yeah. I can't even convey to you what that feels like. And I just <laughs> yeah. think, if I could just take them into Tesco and be like, right, here's some weights on your legs to make your legs yeah. hurt walk around and i'm like no you need to go down there and they're like but i've just passed that i'm like no 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 you don't know where things are because you're just practicing so you also can't remember so you need to walk around here and spend at least half an hour trying to find one thing mm-hmm. and then remember that you what you forgot something else and walk all the way back down through the supermarket it once happened where i went i, I went to meet with my boyfriend and he lives he lives at, uh, we live like 20 minutes apart on the mot from the motorway so yeah. like I, I nipped into the this massive Tesco, it's like near his house. And he must be like, hi, did you get home safe? I'm like, I'm still in Tesco because I, I couldn't find anything. Yeah. I went in for three things and I was in there for like 45 minutes just walking around aimlessly. Like, 
I was laughing the other day because I was in Sainsbury's and I needed to buy olive oil and I it took me ages to find it. I ended up having to ask somebody and then they they told me where it was and I just stood there and looked at them and they went, "Shall I show you?" And I was like, "Yes, please, <laughs> please took... take me to the, please take me to the olive oil." <laughs> and uh, and then they 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 went, "Are you all right?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine now." And I literally six people came up and picked up olive oil and left in the space of time that it took me to get my reader out. <laughs> Look at all the different olive oils on my reader and then look at all the different prices of the olive oils on my reader and then go back and be like, okay, I'm just going to get Sainsbury's own brand one <laughs> and then find it again. <laughs> just like, the worst oh. thing for me was like, literally we went after, it was just like, but literally six people have just come up and gone, that one. <laughs> we, um, a few weeks ago, I went into Tesco's with my mom and, uh, they were having a move around of the, sh- the store, so you no, get to where you think oh, where the pasta is. You get where the pasta is, and it'd be like, "Are you looking for pasta? It's now on aisle twenty-seven. And like it for like three weeks, it was like milk next to gummy sweets, and you're like, "What? Where? What? What's?" Ha-? And I said to one of the members of the staff, "I was like, why? Why have you moved? Why is everything everywhere? This is ridiculous." I was getting more and more cross. And he was like, it's because of the government thing. You can't have like chocolate and snacks on the end of an aisle. So yeah. we're having to move everything around. And I'm like, right. So then I went back a week later and they've got like a map with a list of like, <laughs> this is, the... and I'm like, this is, this is ridiculous. I was like, and I, I mean... just go and sit in the car? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and, and that, that's great for you. I'd still just be like in the old pasta aisle going, Me too. Oh, where's the pasta? <laughs> yeah. Dyspraxics.centimetre on back readers. I would just be walking no. around looking very lost and like I'm about to cry. Like, mm. I can't find the one thing I need and it's on my list and I need to find no, it. No, it's, um, <laughs> no. I, yeah. I, there is a Starbucks in my local Sainsbury's and like partly because the dog really enjoys going like going in starbucks people make a fuss of her i make a fuss of her but i i do not go to sainsbury's now without stopping for a cup of coffee afterwards just to kind of de-stress a reward. Myself. like a reward yeah. like well yeah. done yeah, yeah like an adulting because... reward oh, yeah it's such a fucking it's so stressful it's like i've got i went out and i bought bread the other day and i came home and my husband was like why have you bought sourdough bread and i was like oh no oh i didn't mean to buy sourdough bread i wanted to buy regular bread because sourdough bread is ridiculous you're very you're you're so much nicer than i am because i'd have been like just do it yourself then (laughs) but the thing is right it's really it's a it's again it's all about the balance like for me i want to be able to do little things like be able to nip into Sainsbury's to pick up like I can't do a big shop because I can't drive and so when I go to Sainsbury's if I've got to buy more than two things like I have to take I've got a backpack and then like a big over-the-shoulder shopper because yeah. I then have to be able to work the dog the dog home yeah 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 um, so I'm limited in how much I can get so if I've got to get a big thing of milk that's all I'm getting mm-hmm. because otherwise I can't carry anything more home no and um, and I want to be able to do little stuff like that because my husband works full time. Like his his job is what pays our mortgage, stuff like that. And so I want I want to be able to contribute in some small way. I think and that's the, that's the big... bottom line of it, isn't it? Really, the whole this whole like having to prove yourself, whether it be for access to work or the or um 
DW, like with your pip, that mm. is the thing that I don't think people realise that just because we're disabled does not stop our desire to to want to be to involved want... and contribute. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that yeah, makes quite. me. Um, I have always said that you know my job for me isn't necessarily about the money. It's lovely. Please don't take the money bit off me. Um, but at the same time, to me, that is not the only reason I go to work. It's because mm. I like to contribute to society. I like to be able, you know, for me, it's about the end goal of what we do as a company at work mm. and what impact that's having on society. And it's not necessarily, it's, it's like with the podcast. This podcast doesn't pay us anything at all whatsoever. But it fucking we, costs us money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but we enjoy it and we wouldn't give it you know just because it costs us money it's a very expensive hobby but we wouldn't give this up because no. we enjoy it and we see and hear that you know in some small way we are helping other people and we are contributing to discussions and you know the entertainment of other people you would go as far to say but in terms of like actually existing I think any human being needs to have a bit of a purpose mm. and, and you know having this money from the government it's not we're not it's not thousands and thousands of pounds it's not millions um which i think is another myth that people think oh yeah. they're on benefits they must be rolling in it no 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 mm -hmm. and all the stuff in our house <laughs> that is provided by the yeah. government that, like it, it, no it, it actually it's makes not me free the um we're coming to the end of our um, motability lease mm. for our car. And um, and they're like, you know, it's been three years. It's time to get a new car. Yeah. And people always talk about how, you know, disabled people have always got these really nice, like, cars. And, and we're like, but we want to keep this one. Can we keep, can we keep this yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, no, no, no. Tips. You've got to have a fancy new car. It's, yeah. it's time. You must have this fancy new But we like this one. <laughs> It's also a really common misconception, I think, that you actually pay towards the car. I think people just yeah. think you just get given them and that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that takes money out of, say, your PIP or your benefit to yeah. go towards the car. So you're yeah. actually paying, you're, you're, you're on it, you're renting it, essentially. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't get the mobility component. We never see on... that mobility component. I yeah. never see that mobility no, component. That gone. doesn't go in my pocket. Yeah. It, no, goes it on... literally goes straight to yeah. the dealership. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, come to yeah. me and then me pay the dealership. No. It just it's so funny how um people think, Oh yeah, well you just get free stuff all the time. And it's and I think the thing you know, the thing that I always think is like the for me, the the thing that Pip allows me to do, like I can't work full time because I cannot sit at a computer full time and I don't sleep well enough for my eyes to function for eight hours like if i work an eight hour day mm. i'm re i will really struggle it's not so bad at this job my new job because i'm not as hideously stressed all the time no. as i was but in my old job if i if i worked for like a full day i'd have to have the next day off because stress makes my mm. flashing lights worse in my eyes and that's that's Pip allows me to not work full time and still be able to contribute towards the cost of my house. Mm, yeah. Pip allows me to pay for a cleaner to come and clean my house yeah. because I can't see well enough to do it. And it's one of the things that 
you know, my husband does work full time. And I know that there's lots of people out there who work full time and also have to clean their own homes. But I can't help. No, you, you know. Do, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you are the way I can a cleaner help. to do the cleaning exactly. on your behalf. Exactly. That's yeah. how I help. Yes, exactly. And I think it's like what, well, something that I do cover in my research. I will get into the theoretical side because we'll be here for another six hours. So <laughs> basically what, what it comes down to is uh, disabled people don't get to live. They just get to exist mm. because... If you want to live a, a good, what, what is classed as like a good life, you need money to do that. And if you don't get the money, then it's like, well, I'll just sit here then and just not do anything. So mm. I asked my participants and I said, like, what, what would, what do you, what do you do with your money? Or if you, depending on how their claim went, if you have the money, what would you do with it? And for some of them, it was just really simple things. They were like, oh, I'd like to go to the cinema once, once a month with my girlfriend. Mm. Or like, I'd like to be able to have the money so I can get a taxi and get a football ticket for my um, my favourite team maybe once every six months. Yeah. Mm. And these aren't huge things that I think I mean, people take for granted. Yeah. But... I mean, even as I, I am a PIP recipient, and even to me, that is heartbreak. You know, the, the, those examples you've just shown me is heartbreaking. You know, it's just, you just think to yourself, if people, people don't seem to understand that, we don't want to be on PIP either. If there was any other alternative, yeah. we would take it. Do you know what I mean? We don't want to be on this benefit. We don't want to have handouts from the government. But unfortunately, my legs don't work. Alice's eyes don't work. They do not... Our body parts do not cooperate with the rest of our body. And so, therefore, we are at a disadvantage. So, what do, what do you want us to do? Do you just want us to curl up in a corner and die? Because I ain't going to do that. You know, I've got too much spirit in me. Well, and it's, you know, we are privileged enough to live in a in a society that recognises that there is, that, that disabled people need extra support. Mm. And sometimes that comes in the form of additional money. You know, mm. there are lots of, even, you know, big first world countries that do uh, do not have a robust benefit system like we do we we do have a strong benefit system in this country despite all of the awful awful cuts that have been done and continue to be made by tory governments you know we are fortunate that we do live in a in a country where disabled people are if they can get through the through the battle yeah are given some kind of financial support um and it is you know we're it's a privilege to me yeah. that i can pay a cleaner to come and help so that my husband doesn't have to do it on his own after he's been working you know 35 40 hours a week hmm. like but it's it's one of those things you know i i think about if my husband was having to do all of that on top of his 40 hour a week job and also always make dinner because I can't do that and always do all the driving because I can't do that and always doing all the big shops because I can't do that. Like what impact that would have on my relationship. Mm. And mm. it's just one of those things where you think, well, I deserve to be in a happy marriage as much as any non-disabled person. I deserve to be fulfilled and 
to to ha- to live just as much as anybody else and that's what these benefits are supposed to facilitate it's not <laughs> and i think that's the thing that people people think this free money is for us to sit on our sofas and watch fucking jeremy kyle reruns that's not what most like lucy says that's not what we want and that's why you know the government does have a duty to because it means that i then I do go out and contribute and give back to my society and community and fucking pay taxes and stuff like this. The boring stuff. We want to do the boring stuff we, that non-disabled yeah. people do. Do you know what I mean? I want, I want to have the right to a life exactly. which covers all mm. all of that. It covers paying my fucking, yeah. you know, bills as well as being able to go to Sainsbury's and buy bread and stuff. It's yeah, like you shouldn't yeah. have to. I suppose it's, for me, it's one of them. Like you shouldn't just have to. Like, oh well, I mean, for some of my participants, some of them didn't have food, but like for some yeah. of them, on the whole, I'd like to think that it's more than just, oh, I can just sit in my house and I'm alive and that's okay. It, it like life is so much more than just being alive. It's uh, mm. all the other little things that you can do with yourself. So for some people that can be even just things that i think get taken for granted like mm. being able to offer your friend a cup of tea when they come around but what if yeah. you can't afford to buy tea bags like what what if like you, you're having to focus on your eating and then mm. especially because obviously since i interviewed my participants we're going through a cost of living crisis now so some of them are going to be absolutely screwed they're going to be yeah. fucked and it's like mm. how and, much and longer that's... is this going to go on for oh, like and again like that's that's what a robust welfare system is supposed to it's it should provide secure housing it should provide enough money to cover you for food it should provide healthcare. it should provide education it should provide like access to work is there so that disabled people can work and pay taxes that go into paying people's benefits (laughs) yeah that's that's and and if we if in you know we live in a world and we live in a country that's got a a welfare system that works then we you know i know i know disabled people who don't have jobs and like want to work who are mm. fighting to get into work mm-hmm. and you know it's a battle anyway because of the fucking discrimination and prejudice of the world outside to try and get a job to then have to fight to be able to get the support you need to be able to stay in that job and then have to fight to be able to get the financial support that you need because you can't work full time. And then hang on to that job during a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Just And just the you world. Know? It's just... It's just like an endless kind of pit of... Like, I think people don't I... appreciate just how much time that takes to, like, fill out massive forms and ring this person and do this. Disability thing. admin. Yeah. 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 It's um the time that just gets taken up with just, just filling out stuff is like ridiculous. And how how soul destroying it is to then feel like you've done all of this work to try and get access to support so that you can more than just exist. To yeah. then feel like people you've got to justify that you need it. Yeah. Like yeah. you've got to be like disabled enough. 
Yeah. Or like yeah, yeah. just constantly having to prove the right all. kind of disabled. I hate yeah. that. Well, I hate that phrase, the right kind of disabled. Or people that insinuate they are the right kind of disabled for X and Y. Um, there are, uh, there's a handful of people that I am thinking about right now who do that uh, for for their own gain and you just think to yourself well-known people as well won't say anymore um like when people try to comfort me and they go oh yeah but i don't see you as disabled oh, but, no. I am, but i am though like disability yeah. is, is is more than just i think the first thing people jump to is because i'm not in a wheelchair because people said it to me like oh but you're not in a wheelchair though and i'm like that, that means nothing that doesn't mean anything my mum and i i had to i had to call her out on it um a couple of weeks ago did said something to me like oh but you know at least uh, what what was it it was like oh well, at, at least you can still at, at least at least you don't have or you you can do something like that it was like at least you're not yeah, in a wheelchair at least before. you're not something like that and i was i just had <laughs> i was like <laughs> Fuck off, it's mom. not It's not disability top trumps, is it? No. Like, and yeah, I was but like, for I was some like... people it is. It really yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I was, I was yeah, like, Becca, it could be so much worse. I'm like, it doesn't mean it's not bad. Yeah, like, it's I still think, I think that was. I think that was essentially the phrase was, it could be so much, it could be worse, at least you're not in a wheelchair or something like that. And I was like, mum. Hi! Exactly. I was like, mum, there's, there's shit Lucy can do that I can't do. Like, yeah. this is not a, this is not a, um oh you know it's worse to be in this situation i like to think like, alice that we are together we make we are alice and lucy and together we make one fully formed human oh yeah <laughs> I once, or, you know like... i once made a joke about that uh when i was in a meeting with some of the disability students and one of the more senior staff members just gawked because I, I i just went well look between us i said you can't i like you can't see i can kind of walk it's like nobody's got a hole in the back but it's fine because you can do this so i was like between us all we make like one competent phd student yeah. it just so happens that we're all just kind of split into these different groups yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. cobble one useful person together yeah. out of all of our reject bits a bit like frankenstein's Frankenstein's yeah, you, can monster. Tell, you, can, you can tell as well frankenstein it's like, disabled person yes yeah what we are yeah yeah, yeah. you can tell like when when I'm at uni and if something isn't accessible, you could it's the same little group of us like disabled PhD students being like, Yeah, but is it available online? Are you gonna record it? Please can you share the slides? Like just very basic things. Yeah. I had the I had a conversation. so we were trying to arrange a like working lunch thing for quite a big group of us and someone was like, What about this Vietnamese place? It's really good, but it's not accessible. And I just piped up. It's not like, good. It's not good enough, then, is it? It's so. But why the fuck have you? It it's, why have you suggested it? It, it like, happens way too often. I know. Like my, my friend it... at the minute is TAing on a. He's being a TA, like doing seminars on a disability yeah. studies course for our school, and she can't get to the front of the classroom because if the tables are in a horseshoe shape, and she's a wheelchair yeah. user, and yeah. she's like, I've never. Oh not, man! Like, I just turned to my students. And was like, so here's the irony. I can't yeah. get behind the lectern because because I can't get my wheelchair around it. Yeah. And she's it's there about a... to teach them about disability studies, like the discipline. And she's like, oh. well, and, and the thing the thing about this this woman at work because she literally her email was like, this place does really good food, but it's not accessible. And I was like, so you then I won't be coming, Sandra. <laughs> yeah, you've obviously noticed 
like you've noticed that and you've looked at the group of people on this email thread and gone, none of these people are wheelchair users um, or we have with there. Are, there are two people who I work with who um, have uh, an access mobility need. needs. Yeah. Specifically like mo- like level access requirements. Um, and you've looked at it and you've gone, well, those two people are not in this email thread. So I'm going to suggest this place, even though I know it's inaccessible. And I was just like, I was just like, out of principle, because I can do stairs, but out of fucking principle, <laughs> I'm like, no, if it's inaccessible, then I can't access it. Because yeah. that's what inaccessible yeah. fucking means. <laughs> yeah, and the amount of times when we've just raised it like, okay, so you put it in this lecture theatre, cool, there's a, there's two wheelchair users coming to this, and one wheelchair space in the whole lecture theatre, I mean... Do you need us to prop the door open? Like, what do you want us to do? Yes. Was it, was it I think, Emily Pomeroy-Smith, who's a f- um, former Labour candidate who we had on the show, um, gosh, back in 2020, autumn 2021, I think. Yeah. Um, she Who said she got invited to a speaking event um, and there was her and another wheelchair user there who had been invited to the speaking event and there was no ramp up to the stage. <laughs> Well, they were just like, hi, <laughs> we're here. Hi. I, 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 I don't know whether I told you about the time I won an award when I was at college. So I was about mm, 17, 18. And I'd, I'd been shortlisted for student of the year. Um, absolute okay. geek. Uh, what can I say? Um, I didn't win. They gave me an alarm clock as a runner-up uh- prize. Um which was most miffed about. But we got there. That feels like insult to injury. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We got there and I was with the head of uh, the campus at the time and my lecturer, who is also a very good friend of mine now. Um, We see each other a lot. Um, And he, uh, we got, we get to this thing and it was in a stately home place, I think. And I was like, oh, where's the lift? And they were like, "Uh, what lift? I said, well, where's the ceremony they went uh, up that flight of stairs and i was like okay so um how do i i mean you just get out your wheelchair and walk up the stairs Lucy. my friend bless him chris chris i'm gonna say uh, someone carry you he carried me over his shoulder oh jesus fucking and my shoe fell off in front of everybody and I was like, oh and I was more bothered about the fact that she had fallen off than the fact that he'd had to carry me. I mean, I was a lot lighter then. Uh, he wouldn't be able to do it now, but he would try, bless him. Uh, yeah, it's just, and you just I'd think to yourself. Livid. Yeah. Absolutely. Just in, enraged. There is a, there is a very well-known award ceremony that happens every year, um, uh, where people are invited to the shortlist event, and I know I've never been invited. To sh- I've never been shortlisted for this event, but I know from people who've been before Is that it- where they hold the shortlist event, it's completely inaccessible considering they've got a hundred disabled people in the same room. There's no like one disabled toilet. Is it the um? Is it the the specific um? Is it the award ceremony that the I'm thinking list. where where they specifically invite a hundred specifically mm. disabled people? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think I'm, I'm glad we're thinking of the same one. The I one. think we are. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I just think that's <laughs> interesting. That's that's very interesting. You are you yeah, are a, you're a disability organisation, 
and yet you make a big song and dance about this every year mm-hmm. and you, you just make the people that you've invited very uncomfortable for the whole two hours you're there Jesus reading off this list Christ. you know unbelievable yeah. Mm. Absolutely unbelievable. But yes, having to be carried up the stairs. I mean, it's the same point to find out I'd not won anyway. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? It's just, it's just illogical. I yeah. do not understand the logic of people where yeah. they go, oh yeah, let's invite this disabled person to somewhere that they can't go. And it, but it's, but what I, what I love doing is letting them letting the realization dawn on them for themselves so i will stand there and not say words because i already know like i can turn up at places and before i even got out of the car i'm like i'm not gonna be able to get in here because i can just tell by the the style of the building that that, yeah you've not had a lift or a ramp put in anywhere near this building in the last hundred years so i stand there like hi i'm here for such and such event and then it dawns on them oh shit Lucy's here. Oh shit, she's in a wheelchair. Oh shit. Uh, it, where we need her to be is up or down a flight of stairs. Oh shit, what do I do now? And then there's this, uh, 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 that noise for mm. about half an hour whilst they scrabble around. And then eventually they come to me and go, I'm terribly sorry. There's been some oversight. Who was that by Sandra? Who was that by Sandra? <laughs> was it you? was it <laughs> it's all right love um yeah i do i know there have been times where i've left events because they uh, uh, but i i'm and i've p- purely kept quiet would just let them like i'm not like you're going i'm really sorry what they want me to say is it's okay it's all right hmm. and i won't do it <laughs> i just stand there like it's um it's funny as well because it- I'm sitting here like and and going how would how can you invite a disabled person to an inaccessible event space and it's making me think about um our Rosie Jones debacle where I invited a wheelchair user (laughs) to a space that was not accessible to a wheelchair user but I assumed because again going kind of back to this I assumed that because it was a disabled comic that it would be a disabled disabled access venue um and I think that's the thing is you sort of assume if someone's gone to the trouble to invite a disabled person that they've had the half a second thought that it the disabled person can use the space um dear listener they did not and I think that's the thing is (laughs) people do people do that (laughs) oh like they just they just invite you and it's like is is that because they're not registering (laughs) that you're a wheelchair user and that means that you might have certain requirements or are they just assuming that you'll work it out when you get there like what or or does it not even cross their minds they've just gone oh it's loot like they've gone They've seen your name and gone, we'll invite her and not done any further consideration <laughs> that this person could possibly be a wheelchair user. I don't, I don't well, have I the just, answer to I questions. just think that it should be standard. You know how people say uh, it's become like relatively common practice now to go, um, what's your pronouns? That kind of thing. I think it should just become standard practice to go, do you have an access need? Is there anything I mean, we can do? 
the Equality Act says that um, reasonable adjustments should be anticipatory. So they should not have to like they should not have to make changes because a person with an access need needs to use their service. No, those what, adjustments what, should be in place already because that's but what, what I think. It, means. But what I think it does is that acts as a prompt in a conversation to the person who's asking, do you have an access need to go away and go, can we just double check that there is a lift? And Rather than putting the onus on us to, yes. have to be like, hey, this is what I need. Yeah. Or having to go, I'm really sorry. Um, you know, or not even I'm really sorry. Uh, could you like move that? When I get there, can you move this chair out from under the table? Uh, because I won't be able to sit at the table otherwise. That kind of I thing. Out, I went out to dinner with my girlfriends a couple of weeks ago, and when I booked it, I was like, can we have a really well-lit table? Because yeah. um, I'm blind. And we got there, and they were like, oh, we'll put you here because we thought it was the table with the best light. And I was like, this is brilliant. This is a really good yeah. option. Thank you. And then about 45 minutes later, because of what time it was in the evening, they turned all the house lights down. Brilliant. And I was like... This used to be a really nice one at the table. <laughs> <laughs> Not now. sitting in the dark. <laughs> Do you have to like bring a head torch just in case? <laughs> I do have a little foldable lamp which I was laughing I don't know if you saw this when we went for, to do the Richard III recording Lucy I brought my little foldable lamp with me um, which I got out when we all went out for lunch with um, Molly and I set it up on the table and I turned it on and nothing happened because I forgot oh. to fucking charge it up no I think I, I guess I do remember you were like why is this not working you were like oh, I forgot to charge I it I forgot to charge it yeah, yeah. So. well done <laughs> I am. I'm aware that we've done a lot of talking, yes. and um, our guest has not done so much talking. So I've been nodding enthusiastically. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to tell us a little bit about kind of what what brought you into doing the research that you're doing, and kind of what your findings have been? Sure. Um, so, like I said, at the beginning anger. So I went to, went to claim Pip in my second year of uni, I think, in my undergrad originally. And I, it was very stressful. I cried a lot. <laughs> just having to, just being asked all those in, impersonal things. And my, my sister was a paramedic and he asked me if I was like, oh, dyspraxia, were you born with it? And I was like, it's developmental coordination disorder. So, yes, that's how Yeah, because that kind of assumes so. Yeah. So I was like, well, and he said, oh, so what your other thing? I was like, right. He said, can you explain that to me? And I was like, your other thing. you should know this. You should know what these things are when I write them down, when I write the conditions down. The only one he said he knew was asthma because his three-year-old son had asthma. And I was like, right, so everything happened. Oh my God. So I my three-year-old had asthma. And I was like, thanks. Cheers. <laughs> like, it's good. I'll, I'll sleep better tonight knowing that. Fucking cursory Google of what yeah, is fibromyalgia. Right? Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I, I've heard stories from from participants as well where they've just gone, so my my assessor was this person. And then they go, and they knew nothing about any of my conditions. Yeah, <laughs> so no, my, my, like, yeah. my assessor had absolutely had no idea. Yeah, they have no idea. Because uh, it's supposed to be like, not based on your condition, but how it affects you. So basically, if you send them, even if you send them documentation, with the application about your condition 
they don't they can disregard it they can just be like oh but it's not about your condition it's about you as a person and i'm like okay uh so yeah that, that doesn't that, that sound like that's the, it sounds the awful government. like it, it sounds, sounds wishy-washy, doesn't it? It's, yeah. It sounds like the government's gone, oh, but we see people as individuals. We don't see yeah. them as their condition. We, we, wanna, we, don't, we don't want to be making assumptions about people just because of X, Y mm-hmm. condition. So that's not what you've done. It's what a you've bit, done, yeah. it's, the, it's a loophole. It's a bit it? like they when Susan, Susan in the office goes, but I don't see you as disabled. Yeah, yeah it's, it's those people who say, I don't see colour. It's mm. like, well, that... <sighs> It, it then means that you don't see a huge element about how this makes me the person that I am. Mm-hmm. Like I get that they're looking at how your condition affects you, but there is an element of my blindness that is like I can't, I can't eloquently explain to you how being blind affects me because like beyond kind of going there's some shit that i can't see like close your eyes for a yeah. bit and then do stuff and kind close of your eyes and make a cup of tea yeah. exactly and extrapolate from that what being blind sort of does like tie yourself to your fucking desk chair for 10 minutes mm-hmm. and then try and go to the toilet and experience in a brief kind of way how what it means to be a wheelchair user just it's there is an element of you can't take like i'm more than my diagnosis but my diagnosis is also a huge part of yeah you can't turn it off yeah and i think for some you can't really put it into words if if yeah it's i'm Oh, what's it, it like it, to be in pain all the time? I'm like, it's shit. But like, I don't know how else to explain it other than going, yeah, yeah it's shit. I don't and know. And it, it's like... really, it. I, I'm, I'm struggling to make clear what I'm trying to say. I think it's not. I, you can't just say how does your, how does sight loss affect you, because there's so much more to it than just how sight loss affects me. Because there's an element of like my eye condition where like there's just bits in my vision that are blurred and that if you understood how my eye condition works you'd know that and so then when I said to you oh well reading I have to use you know a magnifier to read stuff but it also takes me longer even when stuff is enlarged because there's bits of my vision that just constantly blurry but the way the forms are built Mm. <laughs> like you have to say the same thing over and over and over again yeah. to explain it so it's like yes this that's how this impacts my when i read but they also take that piece of information and apply it to when i'm cooking apply it to when i'm getting dressed apply it to yeah. when i'm in one the, of the weirdest interactions in my assessment was when um they asked if i had any pets like which has nothing to do with any of the scriptures on the form and i was like we have no. a cat and I got asked, like, well, who feeds the cat? And you know it's just there to, like, trip you up? Like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't realise because I could squeeze food out of a pouch that yeah. meant I wasn't disabled. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. And one of my participants raised it because they have snakes. And they said, and they were like, what kind of snakes? And they're like, well, I have them on purpose because they only need food and water, like, every two weeks. Yeah. But then my participant was like, well, but then how do they think people who have assistance dogs go on? Mm. Is it that, like, oh, you you fed your guide dog, so sorry. You're you're clearly not disabled because you managed yeah, to feed a guide blind. dog. Yeah, Alice is blind. She managed to pick up dog. Oh, did you not know? You're not disabled because you can feed you can feed your guide dog. 
I do get I do get asked probably once a week how I pick up my dog's poo, and I'm like the same way that everybody else does with a bag. <laughs> so I don't understand this question. Like, Not like you've actually gone like I've got my eyes completely shut and can't see anything, and now I'm just gonna have to fumble I mean, around on the floor. But even then, like I've picked up dog shit when it's dark and i've can't i can't see in the dark i've night blindness and you do that's what you do you put the bag on your hand and you fucking feel around for approximately where you think the dog pooed and thankfully um guide dog users are not you you can't get fined if you're a guide dog user and you don't pick up your dog's poo like I, other people can get fined for i never knew that <laughs> we are we they ask us to do it if you can but we're not obliged to because sometimes you can't fucking see it if you can't like i literally there there are times where i'm like i don't know if my dog has pooed or weed and so i spend five minutes feeling around on the floor and if i can't find anything i assume she's had a weed but i might have just missed it you know it's i mean like... it makes sense now you're explaining it makes sense but i never i, I hadn't even thought about being fine for not picking up dog poo mm, yeah um and you know, if you've got a dog like Lola who shits in the middle of John Lewis, <laughs> classy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, uh, you've just you you've just got to like you you've got to do your best. Mm -hmm. But there's there's no guarantee that I've got it all. Um, and uh, and it's but it's it's that like does does that mean that because because most of the time I'm at, like I the in terms of, I've talked talked a lot about the um sort of division of labor within my household um although you know david does all the cooking and stuff i'm the one who does the cat's litter tray because we have a house cat he only uses the litter tray but dave has a real like sensitive gag reflex when it comes to the cat for some reason okay. um and so just i'm the in one general does... no just just the litter tray. Okay, can manage like hairballs and stuff like that's that. fine yeah um but it's all and and it's like well how how do you do that when you can't see it's like, take I take my time I have a system where I kind of work from one end of the tray to the other using one of those scoopy things and then I like I, you just you but do you do you really need to know all of that to find out how my eye condition affects me or they don't is, need to know <laughs> is understanding like... that. I've got patches in my eyes of th that don't work, patches of my eyes that are a bit blurry, and that it's fucking time consuming. Is that not enough? Can you not extrapolate from that enough? But and also, I don't know whether your uh, like co um, your participants, Rebecca, did anybody say or mention how filling in those forms it sort of like makes you feel? Yeah. A lot. No self worth, yeah, at all. Because, because it just you are, you've on spent... what you can't do. You just yeah. talk about yeah. what you can't do. Yeah, and it makes yeah. you feel shit. So yeah. we don't do that in our house. We are, you know, my my mom. Right from when I was a kid, she never said in earshot of me or around me. Oh, Lucy can't do this, that, and the other. It was mm. all. And when my sister was born, it was always, you know, um. If Lucy can, bless her, if Lucy can't do it, then Sophie's not going. Like Sophie's, Sophie's not doing. Sophie's not going horse riding because Lucy can't go horse riding. It's not fair yeah. otherwise. Yeah, and yeah. um, so we've ne we never focus. Even now, we don't focus on what I can't do. It's what I can do. But you know, even doing the access to work forms, you you look at the stuff that the, your support worker has to help you with, and you think I am hardly worth paying. 
Yeah. Really, so- um, not worth it. Well, in, in the reality, on a day-to-day level, like, I do most of the work. It's just, like, my, my PA helps me to go, you know, with personal care and things like that. Yeah. Fetches me sandwiches and stuff and... Yeah, I look. And at, I look at my, Yeah, I look at my access to work thing, and I think you could you you save yourself the trouble and just pay my support worker to do my job. Yeah, and I'll just sit I home. will. I yeah, I'll go to bed <laughs> for an hour. Like, but, but I, like we were saying earlier, but I I don't I want to work. I don't yeah. want to sit at home. No, yeah, um, but it's having all your faults written down on a piece yeah, of paper. You think, yeah, Christ, it's almighty so negative, and I'm just like, <laughs> yep. So here's all the things I can't do. I'm basically a walking mess. Enjoy. Like. I'm a blob that sits. Yeah. Like, and it's feed me gin every now and again. I'm absolutely fine. It's interesting that, like, in these conversations that we've been having as disabled people, what quite a lot of, like, like just then when I was talking about, you know, picking up dog shit, like, mm. I've talked about how I manage, how how I do things, not a, these, is, these are all the things I can't do. Because that's the other thing. It's like, like how I if if I need to, I can make my own dinner, but it takes me ages, and I almost always end up if I'm not cutting my fingers a little bit, like I chop the ends of my fingernails off with knives all the time and stuff like that. Like I I have, it, it, and it's it's that the 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 pip don't say to you, what do you have trouble with, but like how do you manage. They just go, well, what, what, what can you do? What, like, what can't you do? Yeah, I think if there was a bit more of a balance, it wouldn't feel so bad where you could go, I can't do this, but to counteract the fact that I can't do this, I do this instead. Exactly. And as yeah. soon as you say to them, well, actually, you know, if I want to make myself food, this is what I do and this is how, like, you know, I can use my microwave to mm. make a bowl of soup. Like, I can do that without necessarily exploding. Um, but I usually make a mess. I usually spill soup a bit. You know, there's there's a bunch of other issues with it. Mm. But if you were to say that to Pip, they go, "Oh well, she can make herself a meal." Yeah, so well, Sarah you said you, uh-huh. you said you can make soup. That will be your uh, yeah. nutritional intake for the next yeah, five exactly. years. Because yeah, people, you can life, live on soup. Yeah, exactly. Oh dear me. <laughs> Fun times on a Monday morning. Never mind. Uh, so, how long have you got left on your PhD? Um, so I've got a year left. So I'm in the. I'll be going into the write-up stages of what I found. Not that the government's going to care to listen, but someone will. Uh, <laughs> 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 they're not going to want to pay attention to me. They're going to be like, "Oh God, it's another a- a- angry woman." Like, uh, so yeah, another yeah. another angry just, disabled just more woman. Angry, yeah, just more angry disabled women just shouting. She, she's just bitter because she's disabled and she's a woman. Yeah, yeah right. That's, she that's must be life. on her period. I must be yeah. constantly for the past five years. God. <laughs> um, so what's the plan after after uni and the PhD and everything? Uh, and the plan is more research. So I want to. I've managed to get ethical approvals to keep the details of the people I interviewed. So that might involve yeah. going back to them. Okay. Or I'll start something new, something disability based, something welfare based. Where, mm. yeah, because I just want to try and help, even if it's just a small thing. It's not. Gonna, mm. I'm not going to change the welfare system overnight. The government isn't going to go. Oh my god, we've been doing this the entire time. They're not going to mm. do that. Uh, but you know, as long as someone's recording it, then it's yeah, and it's just a bit more evidence, isn't it? It to is to kind yeah. of go. Yeah, look, look, look. 
Yeah. I think you have to just keep banging the drum and wait for the other instruments to join in, don't you, before somebody yeah. goes, oh, what's that music in the corner? Yeah, <laughs> and, um, and And is it useful for um, you to ask for, you know, more participants or, or more uh, feedback from others or...? Feedback, yes. Participants, no, because once I've got to a certain point, I have to stop because PhD, mm -hmm. weirdly enough, 14 interviews considered like a good amount for a PhD. You wouldn't think really? so, but because, yeah, because um, when you interview somebody, it's kind of like this podcast recording, right? So yeah. you record it and it's surprising how much people talk mm. in an hour. So I've had some interviews where they've been two hours long. So like yeah. the day, I I've got way more data than i'm ever gonna need. than you need because okay. people do just like to talk about these things and complain like we have um, yeah I was just, <laughs> so that's what we've been doing so, for the last yeah hour, so i feel like, like i've been in therapy actually if i'm honest yeah. like <laughs> yeah and people were like oh do you know what i feel that felt really cathartic i'm like yeah yeah <laughs> Same. i mean that, that's the thing i think it's having being able to have a sympathetic and listening in and going i can't do anything really to help with this but i can listen to you mm. and i can you know hear you and that's I think like you say it's like with a podcast I think that's why people we've said before in interviews and things when people have interviewed us about our podcast you know where we are eternally grateful for the guests like you that come on and we'll, we'll within half an hour of meeting us for the first often for the first time we go tell us a bit about yourself and 15 minutes in we're like blah, blah, and they are telling us like really deep big stuff and you're like oh whoa, okay mm. um so it's it's nice that a they feel they can trust us and b we're giving them a platform to go do you know what this is a bit this is playing on my mind a bit let me tell yeah, you about this for an hour and a half it's a bit bad. It, yeah it's um it's it, but it's i think it's what's needed sometimes you just need to have that ear and uh, you know to be with people that go I, I am i haven't necessarily got the condition you have or i'm not experiencing the the, the problems that you face, but I kind of get it, you know? Disability yeah. affects affects everybody we speak to, but it's a sliding scale of how much it affects you. Yeah, because I think that's part of the problem I found with welfare generally, just looking at it, because disability is really subjective, but like if you go mm. to claim like a pension, no one can argue about how old you are. But no. disability is such a big thing <laughs> that they're trying to like... <laughs> cram it into these little boxes mm. but no one can really mm. fit in the boxes because they all would like so it to different. be a pension yeah like they and would it, like they would like us to wear costumes and uniforms and just say, I just yeah it would be really mm. nice if they could just tick a dis not disabled so no benefits and i suppose that's the assessment pro the problem with the assessment process is that you know they've tried to um what's the word i'm looking for like pigeonhole well yeah essentially they've they've tried they've tried to sort of make it a uniform system and set of questions but disability isn't uniform yeah no that's basically what it comes down to so uh, you know about... and they have they've tried to use labels haven't they really and color code everything and 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 i always say labels are for soup um essentially you can't you know my cerebral palsy is different to other people that i know cerebral palsy you know, Alice's blindness is different to other people that she knows with blindness. Even my, you know, my people with the same diagnosis as me, like our experiences are different. Mm -hmm. Like literally in terms of, you know, the, the physiology of the way that um, the cells and the 
back of our eyes die is erratic and different and everybody's sight goes in from different places at different speeds but also literally like there are people who have the same condition as me and who may technically have less sight than me who are capable of doing things and able to do things that i'm not able to do yeah it you know it's just what i'd what i'd want to see i suppose is is an assessment process that actually takes time to assess you and spend time with you and understand the the purpose of of i always think the purpose of personal independence payment is it the name says what it should be doing Mm. is actually let's have a conversation about what having this bit of money could help you to do and enable you to do and make things easier but instead of going well you what can't you do and then we'll give you some money to to make you feel better about it yeah Yeah. what what are your sort of what would be on your wish list rebecca if somebody said to Uh, you like okay we're giving you the job of remodeling pip yeah i love that job but i I won't get it so what would be on your wish list of things to uh, I think, well, I have my participants about this because, you know, once you thought about all that, you could kind of go, what would you want to see change? So some very immediate changes would be to make the form available in accessible formats without having to fill out another form or do another phone call. Because at the minute, that's what you have to do. Mm. Um, filling it out online, for example, wasn't really a thing before COVID and that mm. it's, it's, they still send out the paper ones in the first instance. And you should be able to take a thing that says, do not send me any paper ones. I want an online one that's yeah. used with a screen reader or whatever you need. But in the long term, I'd like for it to change to rather than being like, what can't you do? I want it to be a, how can we help you? Because yeah. I think a lot of the time people don't get access to certain services or certain things that they need, which is what technically PIP is for, right? Because it's for the extra costs of being a disabled mm. person. Yeah. And I think you know, we, if I could, I'd flip the system on its head and say, okay, sit people down and say, right, what what barriers do you face to make sure that you're participating in society and you can get out of the house and you can do things that you want to do? Mm. Um, and then they'll say, okay, so I have a barrier with transport or I have a barrier with getting to, say, going to visit my friends in an afternoon because the buses aren't running or a taxi is expensive or whatever it is Mm. and for them to go okay so we can allocate you this funding for for these sorts of things Mm. and yeah it probably i mean i don't know i'm I'm not a policy maker but like (laughs) if i was that'd be the main crux of it is to focus on the barriers people face and how to fix those barriers yeah using societal barriers rather than making the disabled person the problem yeah, rather than saying to the sale person, oh, you can't do this, that's sad, here's some money. Like to yeah. try and make it so the money actually goes towards... <laughs> that's very sad. Would money make you happy? Yeah. <laughs> like that kind of but it's level like, of... I've had, I've had participants say to me that like when they've had mental health issues and, and they've just asked them, like, well, if it's this bad, why why haven't you killed yourself? And they Jesus get asked that in their assessment. Christ. Honestly, they get asked that in their assessment. And I've been asked, like, uh, I've, I've had stuff said to me where they were like, oh, well, if you're at uni, you can't be that disabled. And that was by an assessor. In oh, the for assessment. God's sake. And I was like, <laughs> like, 
me being at uni doesn't mean anything. Like, no. Because it's not a work-based uh, benefit. You're supposed to no. be able to work while you claim it. But other participants said to me, like, oh, they, they, they said because I, I was working, I couldn't have it because that proves I can do something. That's, no, that's just, not what PIP is. It's no. not what it's supposed to be. But, there are so many people that, that I know who have said, oh, I can't go to work. And I'm like, why? Because it will affect my benefit. Which benefit? PIP. No, no, no. Because whether you work or not, but... you're still disabled. Yeah. You know? it's you. Who's told yeah. you that? Because who, who's it? And it's literally it written in my little summary thing from my last assessment where it just said, Rebecca indicates she, she goes to you, Ness. We haven't given her 12 points from Milty. We've given her 10. And I'm like, so every time I've, I've missed out, yeah, every time what? I missed out on the two points I need to get maximum mobility and like my biggest outgoing. Beca- because 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 I go to because uni. you go to university, so you don't yeah. have a mobility issue. Nope, I don't have enough of a mobility issue to get the maximum points. Because if I got the maximum because... points, I'd move into but... the next bracket for the money. Yeah, yeah. and be but, able to get a mobility but... car. But so yeah. so what there. Are... And, and are they fleshing out that argument any further by saying like Not because really. she does just... a ten mile walk to you know so yeah or, like so they're, or... they're just... no it's just because because basically I explained in the assessment that when when I go into you know because I'm a PhD student mostly I work from home anyway yes yeah there's the odd thing I have to go in for and yeah. explain like I'm exhausted I need two days to recover afterwards because I've got mm-hmm. to get the train there and it's a blag yeah, and yeah, yeah. this thing that thing the other thing. Sometimes, if there's two things on the day, I pick which one I go to because I can't do both because I can't no. then travel back safely. So I've explained all this in the assessment, and then they've just gone. Beck gets trained to uni now and again, so she's fine. Did you uh, challenge it? No, because then if you challenge it, they can take everything else off you as well. And I was too scared. They can, but again, I, um, I don't know if I said this before the recording or not. Um, I used to do, um. But I used to be a caseworker for people doing benefits tribunals. And the mm. thing that I would always say to people is the DWP do not want to give you your benefits, but the tribunal don't care. If you need it, they'll yeah. give it to you. And that's where I would always say to people, always go back, ask for your mandatory reconsideration and then go. And if you get, if you can get, a, get in to a face-to-face tribunal, have a conversation with the judge, explain to them why you think the information that the, the reasoning the dwp have given is wrong it's not yeah like, it's just that they're just hoping you don't right that's all it is they're just well, hoping you won't do anything but you know and there is this even you say on. even you saying things like that alice like you know if you can go to a tribunal as somebody who has never never got into trouble for anything never gone to court for anything specific relating to me the word tribunal is scary yeah. and you think oh no 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 it's, like, it's and it's it's not you're not in front of a fucking solicitor and barrister and they're going to send you to prison because you applied for benefits and you no. don't deserve it it is a little it's a it's basically a big office space and it's a tribunal person and sometimes someone from the dwp bothers to fucking turn up the number of tribunals that I went to where they just submitted the paperwork because it was like they couldn't even be bothered to send someone to argue their case. Mm. I went to one where they had actually bothered to send someone from the DWP. I was supporting an older gentleman who'd uh, he'd had a he'd worked in a post office. He'd managed a post office mm. for 
30 years or something mm. and he was almost at retirement age but he was now it wasn't pip i think it was back it was esa and they, he he went to the face-to-face tribunal and the reason he had said he couldn't do um he couldn't work any longer was because he could not manage to sit or stand for extended period of time and we sat in that tribunal hearing for 30 minutes and bless this this fella he had to interrupt the judge sort of after about 10 minutes and said do you mind if i stand up because i can't sit here it hurts too much to to sit all the time and so after about 30 minutes he stood and sat and stood and sat so many times that the person from the dwp said we withdraw our challenge we think he should be awarded everything because all they'd done is have a conversation with him over the phone and he'd gone i'm in pain i can't sit for 10 minutes i can't stand for 10 minutes and they'd gone well there's you've got no evidence to support that. and it's because very, what evidence it's, do you provide very, this is the thing it's like it's like you know it's very very difficult to deny somebody something when they're in front of you isn't yeah, it yeah and i think you know? also within just the system generally so like you send your pit form off for example you go see assessment but the assessor doesn't make the decision they write something up and then send that to someone else who yeah. has never met see, you before ever yeah no and they make the decision so it's not even yeah. like the person who you come My... face to face with makes the decision my advice would always be to anyone who finds themselves denied PIP, if you really believe that you deserve it, you go back, you ask for your mandatory reconsideration. If they still don't give it to you, you ask to go to a tribunal. Um, there are organisations out there that can help you with applying for um, the tribunal process. Um, if you have any extra evidence, the thing I always say to people is keep a diary, even if it's just a log of, uh, I was in pain from 1 p.m. until 2.45 today and it meant that I had to stop what I was doing so I had to go and lie down, um, you know, or I chucked coffee all over myself today because I had a sudden twitch in my hand and it meant that I burned myself and I had to go and get changed, things like that. If you keep a log of stuff like that, submit that to the tribunal, ask for a face-to-face -face tribunal hearing and just and just be honest because because the judges don't have the agenda the dwp do not want to they don't want to spend their money they really the don't. tribunal service do not care and it's not it's not they're not going to attack you in no. like people it's not a court hearing you're not going to go to prison i know it sounds really scary but honestly i mean in my experience you know i've worked i did that for two years as a professional i went to a lot of tribunal hearings um and yeah that's just that would just be my advice we'll make sure as well that there's um links for help and support yes on our website yeah, I have, so that if I have you a few are, different links i can share yeah if you could Fabulous. send those across yeah, we'll put yeah, them in your your episode guide but as, as well we've also got like help and support pages on our website if uh, if anybody wants to look further into this because we you know we believe it's important to help support people who might be listening um rebecca before we sort of wrap everything up is there anything yeah. else you want to add um uh where can people find you oh. online if they want to sort of get in contact with you and um people can find me on twitter usually normally complaining about how much work i have to do uh <laughs> 
being like, oh no, another night where my thesis hasn't written itself. What, what <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's not like the elves <laughs> of the shoemaker, is it? <laughs> no, I wish it was. I wish because especially when you've got a dyspraxic brain, I'm like, can someone not just take this and like osmosis words on yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, I'm not just good at that. Take all the like, thoughts out my brain and put them yeah. on the paper, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm on Twitter as Rebecca Porter with an underscore. Um, you'll know it's me because it says Rebecca Post PhD student and it's got my face so I'll make okay. sure it's the same picture then, yeah, okay. then people go oh okay. yeah that's a that's a lot okay. brilliant <laughs> brilliant thank you very much um, yeah thank you for having me it's okay I hope that we haven't talked over you too much <laughs> no I, I was just sitting here a... laughing most of the time and trying not to make well that's good you see I think we've we've got a new fan <laughs> yeah. that's alright then <laughs> um Gang, you know the drill. Um, I say this at the end of every episode. Uh, please follow us, subscribe, leave a review because that is a really important thing to do if you want to help us reach new listeners. Um, we, I know that we have more listeners than we have reviews because I can see the stats. So I know that there are some we people We both out can there. see the stats and we're, yep. we get very agitated about it. Yep. So, so yeah. I know I know that there are people out there going, <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll do it. I will do, I'll do it at some point. Do, do it now. Stop, stop, stop it. this episode. Stop this episode now. Write yep. a review and then just like come back for our goodbyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, exactly. Um, and if you do write us a review, uh, we might shout you out in our newsletter um and we might be doing some other stuff with reviews later so you know just 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 stop just stop being lazy stop being such a lazy disabled person two minutes and go and write a review god (laughs) (laughs) um and we love you and we will see you next time (laughs) Bye. bye Thanks for listening to The Label Podcast. If you like the show, you can rate, review and subscribe and you can follow us on social media at Labelled Pod. This episode was edited by Adam Hall. Our music was by Maisie Crunden and we'd like to thank the rest of the team involved.